Welcome to the Denver United Church Sermon of the Week. Here's a message from Pastor Neil Cheshire. guys doing? Great. It's great to have you all here this morning. And for those of you guys joining us online, thank you for doing so. You know, in 1944, in December, in the small Belgian town of Bastogne, you would find the 101st Airborne Division of the U.S. military. It was World War II, And this company of no more than 500 men found themselves completely surrounded by German troops and their most elite armored division. The U.S. soldiers were outnumbered approximately five to one. And they were lacking in cold weather gear, low on ammunition and food and medical supplies and senior leadership. And due to the worst winter weather in memory, the surrounded troops were unable to be resupplied by air, nor was tactical air support available due to the cloudy weather. Then on the evening of December 15th, German artillery began to shell their positions. This continued for almost two Weeks, And in the foxholes, in the trenches, the men were hungry, freezing, and unable to light fires because they didn't want to give away their position to the enemy. Yet, they maintained their positions. These men in extreme conditions of distress, discomfort, pain, and pressure maintained their composure. They ended up doing what seemed impossible. They held the line. Eventually, replacements broke through the German encirclement to the aid of the 101st, but instead of these men getting relieved, which they thought would happen, they were given the command to continue the assault. So they continued to fight week after week until finally on January 18th, they were relieved. Now the Allied control of Bastogne was a huge obstacle to the German armored advance and the morale of Allied forces all over the Western Front was boosted up and lifted by the news of this stubborn defense of the besieged town. These men showed a strength of character, steadfastness, composure under duress as they waited and waited and waited for relief. The Bible refers to this attribute as long-suffering, or it's more commonly known as patience. (laughs) 
The title of my message today is In the Waiting. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are present here with us. Holy Spirit, will you speak to our hearts, God? Will we open up our hearts to you, Lord? Transform our lives by the truth of your word. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, this morning we are continuing in our series, Exotic Fruits, where we're going to be looking at some of the fruits of the Spirit that aren't as commonly talked about or or known. They're not highlighted as much. And Rob did a great job last week of textualizing the series uh, and talking about how fruit, it just doesn't pop up onto our trees, right? It bears over time. We slowly grow more and more like Jesus. And so today we're going to focus in on the fruit of patience. So we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is kind of our core text for the series. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Now, the Bible refers to and defines patience as endurance, steadfastness, perseverance, long-suffering, bearing provocation, annoyance, definitely annoyance, misfortune, delay, hardship and pain with fortitude and calm. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of patience, I don't think of enduring hardship and fighting and persevering. Typically, when I'm thinking about patience, I'm thinking of, you know, having a good attitude while I wait at the DMV, right? Or I'm thinking about like, Uh, my children eating breakfast in the morning and they sit down and they take one bite of cereal and then they get up and then they run around the house and shoot someone with a Nerf gun. And then I say, hey, no, sit down and eat your breakfast. So then they take another bite of cereal. Then they get up and they turn on music and start dancing. And I'm like, no, sit down and eat your breakfast. So they take a bite and they get to like, just sit, just sit down, just sit down, turn around, sit, eat your breakfast, just eat your breakfast, eat your breakfast, you know? And so that's what I experience. And that's what I'm thinking of with patience, the whole, you know, bearing with annoyance and delay, right? And I know that we all experience that every day of our lives, right? Am I right? Yes, I'm not the only one. Okay, good, good. But long suffering can vary from waiting an extra 10 seconds for your web page to load on your phone without losing your stuff. You know, like, come on. Oh, my God. Oh, Lee, I, I, I hate Sprint. Oh, my God. I actually do hate Sprint. But, um, but sorry if any of you work at Sprint. Um, but, you know, it's, it's that. It can go from that extreme, right? That's long suffering, the 10 seconds. Or to a a completely different extreme, like the men of Bastogne, or someone who is waiting for 
the promotion at work and they're continuing to work hard and they're trying to be steadfast and persevere or they're waiting for their future spouse or maybe they're waiting for their healing or they're waiting for a loved one to have breakthrough as they struggle with addiction or maybe they're waiting on their kids or their spouse to come to know Christ. Ultimately, patience is the ability to maintain our composure amidst varying degrees of distress, discomfort, and hardship. So the question is, how do we do that? Well, let's look into the word of God. We're gonna look at a character in the Bible, King David. Now, what's so cool about David's life is, is that he, we get kind of this backdoor view, this behind-the-curtain insider view of his life because we have the Psalms. And the Psalms are like David's personal diary or journal. So we get to know like what he's thinking and feeling, what he's struggling with, his doubts. And, and we get to see that in real time and tie it to his story, which is amazing. Now, a quick overview and context for the life of David. He gets anointed as king of Israel when he's 15-ish, but then he doesn't get crowned king until he's 30. And so there's these 15 years of ups and downs and all sorts of hardship in his life. And it starts great. Like things start well, right? He's a shepherd boy. The prophet Samuel comes to his home and he's like, you have been chosen to be the king of Israel. And so he anoints him with oil and there the oil is dripping over David. And then Samuel's like, all right, see ya. He walks away. David's like, uh, now what, right? And then you hear the story of David and Goliath, right? He, he stands up to the Philistine giant, conquers him with a slinging stone, fights for God, and then he becomes the armor bearer of the king. He gets promoted as a captain in the king's military, wins all these battles. He gets married to the king's daughter. I mean, things are going well for David. He's about to be crowned. I'm sure, sure enough, he'll be, he would crown king. But then the king is jealous, and then he doesn't like him, and then he tries to kill him. And then David starts running for his life and living in caves. And then this ragtag band of brothers kind of comes around David and you see them fighting off enemy invaders to their country while running from the king that they're serving and from their own countrymen. So they have no home. They're going from cave to wilderness to cave. And this whole time they have kids and, and, and wives. And, and so this all culminates in 1 Samuel chapter 30 in this story. Man, David has a rough. Verse one. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag. It says Ziklag a lot. It's like a weird word already. Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great, they did not kill anyone, nice, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Come on, can't this guy catch a break? So the men come back, city's burning, and their families are gone. Verse four, then David 
And the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives also had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. So this is really bad. So not only does David come back with his men, he's running for his life, he's fighting and he's starving and he's in the wilderness, but he comes back, finds that his wives and his children have all been taken captive. But then the, the men, his closest ones, the ones that he can actually put his trust in and maybe call family in this time, they are turning on him and are wanting to stone him. This is a bad situation. So what does David do? Does he just give up? He's like, well, forget you guys. I'm out of here. I'm running for my life from you too. That's not what he does. Look in verse six. It says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He strengthened himself in the Lord. What does that even mean? What does it mean he strengthened himself in the Lord? Well, let's, let's look at his diary. Psalms 27, verse 11. David's praying, says, my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Sounds right. And he says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Who is he talking to? I mean, he prays, he's talking to God, and then he says, wait patiently for the Lord. I mean, he's not, he's not talking to God. He's talking to himself, saying, wait patiently, David, for the Lord. And you see it in the Psalms. In other places, he says, soul, bless the Lord. He's speaking to himself. And David, throughout the Psalms, there's times where he is brutally honest with God blaming God for the pain in his life and doubts and fears. But every time he would come back and say, but I know I can trust you, but I know that you are good. So although David was honest with God, he was intentional to remind himself where to place his trust in the only one who's worthy of it. So how do we cultivate this patience in the waiting? Number one, trusting that God is enough. Trusting that God is enough. We look back at his journal again, Psalms 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want Psalms 34.10, those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Psalms 27.4, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Psalm 16, verse two, I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. And then verse five, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. When we trust that God is enough, in the waiting, we have this 
supernatural level of contentment in our lives that just doesn't even make sense. We're full in the midst of difficult circumstances. It's like the peace that surpasses understanding. It doesn't make sense. How are we so content? Because if God truly is enough, if we are relying on him, we're saying, you are my portion, you are my cup, you are all that I need, then when something gets taken from our life, we still have everything we need. When comfort gets taken from us, we still have everything we need. When we have loss, we still have everything we need because God cannot be taken from us. Now, I know trust is developed over time. And you see that in the life of David. I mean, he, he had his doubts. He had his struggles. But no matter what he was feeling in the present moment, he reminded himself of what he knew to be true. Even if it contradicted with his feelings and with his circumstances. Which leads us to our next point, trusting that God is good. Trusting that God is good. Back to Psalms 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalms 145, 8 and 9, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. When we trust that God is good, we can suffer long. Because we can maintain perseverance and godly character through the most difficult conditions because we know that God's redemptive and restorative work will come. That he is faithful to meet us where we're at. And David did that. He would remind himself of all the things that God had done in his life, all the goodness that he had proven to him. And we have something that David doesn't have. We have the cross of Jesus. Christ crucified is our ultimate assurance of the goodness of God. That God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he's proven that he is good. We can bank on that. We know that love will win. And then number three, Trusting that God is with us. Psalms 23, 4, I shall fear no evil for the Lord is with me. 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And then Psalms 139, he says, wherever I go, heaven above, hell beneath, in the earth, you are there. We don't have to wait alone. God is with us, and he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is by our side. Through the darkest of moments, God is there. So we have peace in his sufficiency. We have hope 
in his goodness and we have comfort in his presence. We have hope for the future and peace and comfort in the waiting. And what's great is this patience isn't just in our lives, it's also having patience with ourselves. That when we put our trust in God, we have patience with us in our process. When we trust that God is enough, that his grace is sufficient, that the cross of Christ purchased everything we need, when we trust that his mercy is new every morning, that we don't have to meet these unrealistic and unreasonable expectations that we place on ourselves, that God's never asked of us, we can have patience with ourselves. When we trust that God is good, then we know he's not holding us to perfection and demanding that of us, that we have a high priest that sympathizes with our weakness, who is tempted in every way we were, yet without sin. We can run boldly to the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. When we trust that God is with us, we know he hasn't just kicked us out there to do this on our own, but that we walk in step with the Holy Spirit and we take on his yoke, which is easy, and light. We can have patience with ourselves in the journey and the process of becoming. And then we can have patience with others. When we trust that God is enough, we don't place unrealistic expectations upon them to meet our every need or to be our source of life or health or salvation because God is that. When we trust that God is good, then we know that he loves us unconditionally so others can love us imperfectly because we can allow them to be broken and to be human because they're on their own journey. We can have patience with others when we trust that God is with us because he is our constant companion. We don't rely on someone else to be available at our every beck and call because God is there. So patience takes time. <laughs> Trust takes time to develop. It takes patience to, de- to foster patience. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> but it takes time, but it's worth it. I mean, what's the alternative? What the world trains us to do is that as soon as we feel the slightest level of discomfort, we medicate. Social media, games, news, work, emails, whatever, distract ourselves, fill in that void of discomfort, push it away, put a Band-Aid on the gash of the open wound. We medicate. We fill our lives with more stuff. And then we put our trust in that instant and immediate gratification rather than the loving arms of Jesus. And it sorely disappoints us because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't heal anything. All it does is push that stuff down and then we never experience the wholeness that Jesus wants for us. Patience is worth the work because it creates space in our lives to hear, to heal, and to feel. When we have patience and we sit in 
moments of discomfort, trusting in God, we have room to hear the voice of God. Because we don't have all the other noises that we're filling our life with that drown out his voice, the still small voice of Jesus. When we have patience, it makes room to hear God's voice. And he might even be telling us that the thing we're waiting for is not his best for us. When we have patience, it creates space in our lives to heal. Because we're not just putting a Band-Aid on. We're not pushing down those feelings. We're not pushing away those things and saying, I'm just going to medicate. I'm just going to medicate. I'm just going to medicate. No, we feel that and then we give that to Christ. And we know what we need to surrender to Jesus to find our healing because we have room to acknowledge it. And then when we have patience, it gives us space to feel because we're not walking around drugged up and medicated under immediate gratification where we just live in this state of fogginess in our life. But there's room for us to feel the harder emotions of fear, anger, sadness, and then bring those to God. God, what, what's, what's in me? What's going on here, Lord? He does a deep work in our lives. We have patience that not only creates space for us to feel our own feelings, but it creates space for us to feel someone else's feelings. To actually have empathy. It creates room for that. Then my impatience isn't stunting their growth. How many times is that true? So many times it's true for me with my kids. Because they do something and then I'm so impatient, I'm just going to like discipline and get it over with and everything else that I impede their progress and ability to grow because I don't treat them like a human. I don't give them time to feel. But when I have patience, I have space to listen to what they're feeling, feel what they're feeling, empathize with them and then understand and maybe speak into that. Patience creates space in our lives. And, and although it is a long work, it's worth it. And the great thing about this, the great thing about the fruits of the Spirit is what the Word of God says. It says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Wait, who? The Holy Spirit produces you don't produce it. I don't produce it. He does. As I continue to trust in him. So I want to do something as we close. I want to try something out, a little practice. I want us to sit in silence. I mean, piano can play. You can play because it's nice. I'm not going to be that harsh on you guys, but I want to sit in silence for one minute. One minute. We're just going to take a moment, close your eyes, focus your attention on Jesus, and sit. Starting now.
that was one minute. That was only one minute. And I know for some of you, that was like, gosh, it's truly, it's been a minute now. And it's been like 15 seconds. It just kind of gives us a glimpse. And I, same thing. I want to fill. Something should happen. Someone should say something. Because we just, our world is constantly training us to fill up our lives with stuff. It's so hard to just sit in the presence of God, sit especially in places of discomfort. But man, the reward is so great when we let God do that work in us. Amen? Amen. Some of you might be here this morning and you're hearing me talk about putting trust in God and you're saying, listen, Neil, I don't, it sounds great, but I don't even know God. How am I supposed to put trust in someone I don't even know? And you have questions, you have doubts, you have things that you want to know. Listen, I want you to know that you belong here and that we want to create a safe place where you can share what you feel and what you believe and, and it's okay and you're going to be accepted in that place. And we have a group discussion group that meets over a few weeks and and it's called Alpha and we center around questions of life and faith and meaning. I just want to encourage you to be a part of that. That's where you are today. You say, I got questions, I got it. That's okay. You belong here. We'd love for you to come to that. You can find all the info on our website and it's good. Would you guys stand with me? So close. I just want to close in prayer and just take a moment to receive freely this deep work that God wants to do in us. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have patience with us. Lord, that you have long-suffering, God, that you are present with us at all times. You never leave us. You never forsake us, God. And Lord, I thank you, God, that you're the one who does this deep work in us, Jesus. It's your spirit. And so, God, we choose to make ourselves available to that work. Renew our trust in you, Jesus. And maybe some of you here, and you've been in the church your whole life, and you're but you've walked away from Jesus for a time. And you feel in this moment that this is the time for you to come home, to come back in relationship with God. If that's you, I just want you to pray with me in your heart, right where you are. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just right where you are in your own heart, pray with me, Lord Jesus. I acknowledge my need for you. Lord, will you be my Lord? I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose from the grave and defeated death. And I receive that work right now, Lord. I give you my heart and all that I am. In Jesus' name. We hope you've been encouraged this week. For more information or to submit a prayer request, go to denverunited.com. 